most sponsored Okay, good evening. <laughs> Tonight's learning is sponsored by Sepulitz family as Schus for Shidduch for Esther Bas Shira. Schus are learning she should be zeichet to find Zivik Hogan Bemheira and she should be zeichet to the Bais and Yisrael. The Schus are learning should also be a Schus for Shlema from Yim Beil Bas Nacham and Sarah Shara for Yisrael. Okay, so we're uh, resuming Sefer Shmuel, and we left off at a very opportune point, really the end of the story about how Shaul was Nimshach to be Melech, and we're picking up the story again, the continuation of the story now takes us into the Melucha of Shaul, and that's really what we're going to spend the next while discussing the Melucha of Shaul, and David's eventual rise to becoming the Melech, and everything around that, Shaul's feelings, and we begin Perik Gimel, and Perik Gimel begins with a pasuk which is has much controversy surrounding how to read this pasuk. So the pasuk is giving us introduction to everything that's going to come after this, and the pasuk tells us Ben Shona Shol B'Molchei. If you le- read this pasuk literally, Shol was a year old when he became king. And he was king for two years. Now, obviously, this possibly cannot be read Kipshutai. Shaul HaMelech was not a year old when he became king. And even the end of the Yisrael is extremely difficult. And we'll discuss this a little bit more, but I just want to read the next Pasuk, and then we'll go back and discuss this Pasuk. So the Pasuk says that after this introduction of telling us that he was a Ben Shana B'Molchai and Vayiv Chalei Shaul and so the Pasuk tells us, Shaul chooses at this point 3,000 members of Klal Yisrael. And Shaul, where Shaul himself personally was in Michmash, he had 2,000 soldiers. Michmash and Har Beiskel. The El of Hoyum Yonison give us Minyamim. Yonison, Shaul's son, who are now introduced to who was crown prince and was really the second in everything that was done in the Malucha. So Yonason had another thousand soldiers in Givas Binyan. The Yeser Ha'om Shilach Isha Oyolov. And the rest of Kali Yisrael, everyone was sent home. So this is, you know, Shaul initially is anointed as king, if you remember from a few weeks ago, and everyone laughs at him, he goes home, nothing. Then he wins this tremendous victory against Nachash, the king of Amoin, and after that, they decide to be Mechadish the Malucha, and following this Chidish HaMalucha, Shaul keeps for himself a standing army of 3,000 men, split up 2,000 with him, 1,000 with his son Yenison, and everyone else is sent home. Now, before we continue on to the story of what happens now, but we have to discuss this Pasuk, Ben Shana Shaul B'Molcha, Yishnei Shana Malcha Yisrael. So, Chazal, Understand this pasuk as follows. First of all, Ben Shana Shol B'Molchis. If you look at Hakim Yenison, Yenison Ben Azil, Anna, he says Kebar Shana the less Bechayven. Shol was like a one-year-old child, just like a one-year-old child does not have any averus. Kain Shol Kad Molch. When Shol became Melech, he was someone who was totally knocky from averus, like a one-year-old child. Tremendous, tremendous smile. That's interesting. Chazal also see here a remiss to a different Nakuda. Chazal see here that not necessarily was it that Shaul had not made a mistake in his life until now, but the Gemara brings to Yushalmi, the Gemara says, Omar, I'm sorry, it's the Gemara in Yuma, 
It's also this Yishamli, but Omar Rufuna, Kiben Shonash Loitom Tamchet, Masklo of Nachem by Yitzchak, the Amy Kiben Shonash Molochlok, but Titzav Itzoy, I think Mark says maybe it was, he was like a one year old that had a lot of, just like a one year old baby is disgusting, maybe it was disgusting. So the Gemara says that Shol Amelach came to him in his, uh, so they, they showed him in his dream, Simon, that he was, that he spoke incorrectly and he did tshuva. But I'll call upon him, the Gemara over here brings something else. The Gemara brings that a chacham, a chosen, and a nasi, all of these things are mechapra veyers, right? Chosen gets kaporas of by his, by his chasana, chacham, nismana to the, Leader of Kalisol or Nasi is Nismana to become the leader of Kalisol. How do we know that a Nasi is someone gets Kapar Savoinus, someone is appointed as a position of leadership in Kalisol, has Kapar Savoinus? Sigmar says, Ben Shonashol Bamolchai, he Ben Shonashoya, El Shanimchul Kolave Noisav Kitinik Ben Shon. So alternatively, we have one Pshat and Chazal that he was such a perfect person that he had not done any Averis to this point in his life until he was a year old. And we also have a remez that someone who is oilul gedula, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Michael, the schos hatzibur, the schos of what he's the undertaking that he's taking on himself. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Michael all his and he becomes like a one-year-old without any affairs. Why, why one? Or two? Oh, we, why one-year-old more than a more than a two-year-old? Good question. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. What? Two-year-old already knows what he's doing. I hear it. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. <coughs> oh. <coughs> now, what does it mean? Obviously, we find also by sorry, mean we find a different drasha for 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 from Leiton Tamchet is older age, right? Right. Right. The Sheva. What was it? No, the Vishnei Chayesor. May of Esm Shiv. Right. What is it? One hundred twenty-seven. So seven. Shalai. She was seven of the Laveris over there. You see that you know we use a different age. It's not like that one is the standard age. I'm not sure what the what. Seven is Yefi. So what does it say? Baschof. Baschof. So you know we see that there's you know different. What's the question of Ben Shon? That's a good question. I don't know. But Ben could be. Ben right. Why Ben Shon? I'm not sure. The why Ben Shon? I'm not three, two, five. I'm not sure. Okay. Now, what about Vishtei Shon and Malach Yisrael? So this is a tremendous mavuch because Shenimchlu like calling myself Katinik Ben Shona that just like you wouldn't you wouldn't blame a Tinik Ben Shona for an Avera. So he's not blamed here. Okay. It's it's you might you might a two year old you would blame. His At a certain point, one. you're punishing, yeah. A one-year-old, like one you're saying, mama doesn't know anything. You're not, you okay. might call a one-year-old for anything. As opposed to two, you already called the terrible twos. It's already like... Yeah, yeah, there's, there's there's some, some, some yeah you punish a two-year-old, you don't punish a one-year-old. Or was something like a high-tier, right? A two-year-old, then you're like, you're no better. It's parenting classes, here. Now, so the Seder which is Braisa, that goes through the Cheshven of all the years from the Briyas Olam and goes all the way till, you know, the Bayesheni. So in Seda Olam, it takes this statement here at face value, so he was a king for two years. Now it could be there's also a third year, for, if you count from when he was first anointed, but in that first year when no one really took him seriously, so he wasn't necessarily a Melech. But after that, from... The Chiddush Hamalucha that we learned in the last parak, where everyone came to Gilgal and they reanointed him as king, everything that takes place until Shaul's Petira is only two years. Now, it's very, very problematic. We're going to see, Bez Hashem, as we go through the story, 
a lot takes place in the next, you know, we're going to have many Muhammads against the Plishtim, we're going to have Muhammad against Amalek, and then we're going to have all sorts of issues with Goliath and with Dovod HaMelech, and then Dovod HaMelech runs away. Dovod HaMelech is, runs out of Eretz Yisrael to escape for Shoal for a year and four months, which means that everything else would have to be compacted into eight months, which is, is not possible to say. And, uh, you know, it's not me asking this, they're Al-Bag, they're Adak, the Abarbanel, they all have a very, very hard time saying that it was two years, although that is what Chazal say. But they, they, they're not happy to say it's, it was two years. So there's different pshatim how to try to understand this pasuk if you don't want to say that he only was a melech for two years. So first of all, just in pshat in the words of the pasuk, so ben shana shol b'molchay would be to say that he was one year into his kingdom when the chiddush hamalucha happened, which that we assume that from when he was first anointed until after the mulchama against nachash and everyone came back together to anoint him was one year. And Shtei Shalom Al-Chisol means that after, following that, there were two years, uneventful years, where Shaul was the king. And then only after those two years is where Vayivchel Shaul, that begins the story now, which is going to lead to a battle to Plishtim. This is two years after the for initial Chiddush HaMalucha. So that would be a very simple Adar HaPshat. So, right, right, the, the Radak says, Pirish, Oz Keshohei Advarim Me'elu Shadibar Shmuel B'Chiddush HaMalucha Shana HaYolai Metchil Smachusai and then, and then he was king for two years following that. And then three years into the Malucha, then the story picks up. So that would be Adar Pshat. What do you do with the fact that, you know, and, and then if you go like that Pshat, then you'll just say he was, was a Melech for a lot longer. Now, there's a major problem. We have a few hard dates. Not many hard dates, but there are a few hard dates in, in Tanakh. We know when, that from Yitzhiya Smitzrayim, Yiftach HaGilodi, when he sends his message to uh, the Melech of Moyov, so he, uh, he gives uh, to the Melech, not of Moyov, of, uh, of, uh, of, of, uh, is it, I think it's Moyov, okay, Moyov. But Yiftach gives a set amount of time till his days of 300 years, and then we have Shlema HaMelech gives the exact amount of years from Yitzhiya Smitzrayim till the Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Now, okay, so we have amount of years. What's the problem with that? The problem is in Shaiftim, there's a count of how many years each Shaifet was the, ruled for. And if you count, then it also tells you how many years they suffered on the various enemies. And you add it all up together and you're going to run into some problems. So the Rishayim work very hard to try to make everything Shtim. But that's, we're not going to go into all the details of the numbers, but I'll call upon him. There is definitely a mahalach to assume that Shaul was a king for a lot longer than just something like 20 years, maybe a little more than that, not just two years. Now, a pshat to somehow try to take the Divi Chazal to understood in this, that Shtei Shonamolcha Yishol, he was only king for two years, and at the same time try to work with the Metzius, that it seems just from the pshat and the psukim that it was a lot more than two years, is that, we're all familiar with the concept, that when Shaul went to war against Amalek, so he did not do the job the way he was supposed to, and because of that, so Shaul's Malucha, at that point already, David was Nimshech on Melech, and then from that point till David actually becomes the king is many years, and running away from Shaul for a long time, so there are those that want to say that it was for two years, he was really the king, Shaul was the king. At that moment, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, 
Korah, Shmuel and Avi tells him that Korah Hashem, Hashem ripped the Maluch away from you and gave it to somebody else. So although he still retained the position as king and the title as king, but we don't even count that towards the years of his kingdom because really already the special siyat of the Shemai, as we'll see, left Shoal and was ready with David. So maybe the two years means until after the Mechan HaSamalek. So that's a possibility over here. Uh, and everything, everything could fit into those two, I mean, even without, without David. What? Without David's story. Yes, that not, the, the, everything. The, everything else we could fit into those two years. This Pshat has been trying to happen in the next two years? What? This is the story of the next two years? How do you no, Ben Shana could still mean that, you know, you could say Shana will go like your doc, and then two years he was Melech, undisputed Melech, and before he lost story. it. Yeah. Uh. <clears throat> now, the Yivchel Shol, next Pasik Shol, chose Shlishes Allah from Yisrael, Vyuim Shol, Alpayim, the Michmash, Ubahar Basel. The Elf Hayim Yenusim give us Minyanim. So he takes only 3,000 soldiers of all of Klal Yisrael, and 2,000 with him, 1,000 with Yenusim, the Yeser Om Shilach Ishal. Everyone else is sent home. Now, this, when did he choose these people? So Adak says he chose them when he was still in Gilgal, after this big, you know, national simcha of re-anointing the king. So he chose a standing army at that point. Now, why did he send everyone else home? You know, we're going to see soon that the Pelishtim are causing tremendous problems to Klai Yisrael. So, you know, if you're the king, you don't send home everybody, have a tiny little standing army of 3,000 men, you're not going to achieve very much. So the Malbim says, because he uh, was still new in his Malucha, and that's, that, that is very simple, Pshat and Pesukim. He was a Ben Shana Ha'ibimach, he was only one year into his kingdom. He wasn't yet ready to start making grace uh, Muhammad yet. So he said, you know, we need a small army, just, you know, not the Derech, and Melech can't have no attendants and no, king, no soldiers with him, but he wasn't preparing to go to battle yet. And we'll see what happens. He's forced into battle. Yonis enforces his hand. We'll see soon. But I call upon him, he didn't really plan for battle, and therefore he didn't keep a lot of soldiers with him. He sent everyone else home. The Bible says, that's the Derech Ha'ilam. A new king wants to spend some time solidifying his kingdom. But I saw the Mechitana says something interesting. He says that Shoal HaMelech had tremendous, tremendous Shaul was a great person. That much is clear. He was a Ben Shona. He was someone who had, didn't have any chaton. And he felt that keeping a tremendous large standing army with all, you know, everyone standing around to go to battle would take away from his betochen, take away from his emunah HaKadosh Baruch And he other chose to have a small army because he felt that would keep him, would remind him that he's reliant on HaKadosh Baruch and that was the whole Moses Shemuz we saw last, last time that Shemuel and Avi told them, just because you have a king, you still depend on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Shoal B'davka chose not to have a large standing army to try to keep alive the message that Shemuel had told them. Now, the situation in Eretz Yisrael, we'll see, the Pesukim are going to explain to us, that the Pelishtim, although already in the days of Shemuel, the Pelishtim have been chased out of Eretz Yisrael in terms of overall total political control, but they still had certain governors that were in Eretz Yisrael to oversee certain aspects of the way Klal Yisrael was acting. And one of the things we'll see that they prevented, Klal Yisrael, no one, there was not a single blacksmith in all of Klal Yisrael, so they didn't have any weapons. They had no iron weapons. They could only use, you know, bow and arrow and things like that. They didn't have any swords or spears. Definitely didn't have any iron chariots or anything like that, which are the real, you know, the heavy weaponry of those days. And uh, there was governors of the Polishtim who were overseeing what was going on in Eretz Yisrael. Now, Really, as part of becoming a melech, so the job would be to try to gain political independence. And Yonison now forces 
Shoal's hand and forces Klai Yitzel's hand. V'yach Yonason is Natsiv Plishtim, Asher Begeva. Yonason now assassinates the local Plishti governor that was in Geva. V'yishmu Plishtim, so the Plishtim here, and the Plishtim realize this is, you know, if you have, a, you know, one nation controls another, and the nation that's being controlled goes and assassinates the local governor, that's a declaration of war. So Plishtim understand what took place here. Vishal and Shal also understood that this is a declaration of war against the Plishtim. So Tokah b'shoifer b'chol ha'aretz, he had people blow shoifer throughout Eretz Yisrael as a, you know, blow the trumpet to let people know what happened. Lamar Yishmu ha'ivrim, that everybody, Kali Yisrael, should hear what's going on, that there is this dangerous situation. The Plishtim are now going to be, you have to watch out, you know, some, you know, there's no radio, people didn't hear about this on the news, that Yonason killed the Nitzvah Plishtim, someone might not realize that the Plishtim are now not going to be very friendly, so this was a warning symbol to all of Kali Yisrael, and a symbol that they should come to battle, that they should come help and come to war with Shaul against, with, together with Shaul against the Plishtim. Now, what's Pshat he did this? So, the others understand that Enechanami, that show, that Yenison took the decision on his own, that he was going to uh, start up the pollution. He wants to go to war. Now, and the Malbim understands this, and he understands that it was that he did without asking his father. Yenison took in his own hands. He's going to get this battle started. But and the Rabag interestingly says that you know one the Rabag throughout Tanakh always has to tell you what, what you're supposed to learn from the story. So Rabag says we can learn from over here is that you shouldn't do this. Don't go jumping to put yourself in a dangerous situation. Yonison did something terribly dangerous. So Klaisel can't, you know, the Polishim were a superpower. Klaisel had come out no weapons. This is very dangerous. And the lesson is you're not supposed to do this. That don't, don't, don't put yourself in this type of difficult situation. But the... I saw there are those that want to say, so, and this is what we're going with understanding, and Malbim definitely understands this way, the Yonison Bedafka started up. But I saw the... That Seifrim, he says, it's not possible to say the Yenison on his own decided to put all the Klaisel in such a Sakana. He says it must be that there was some sort of uh, some sort of altercation that we're unaware of. And Yenison felt that he had no choice but to stand up for himself and kill him. It wasn't that he I mean, had this planned assassination without letting his father know, without setting up a plan advanced. And Mamele, he says, it must be that the that Yenison had was left with no choice, and he did this, and now Kaiso suddenly was thrown into this battle unprepared. Now, he points out one interest in the Kudah. He says, this, the Lushan over here, they're called the Ivrim. Why, why the Dafka over here called the Ivrim? So we'll see that throughout this parasha, we refer to the Ivrim over here. We don't necessarily mean like, we usually mean Jews. We're going to talk about the people who lived on the Ever Hayardin, the other side of the Yardin, who ran away. But he wants to make a point that Ivrim is used, Hashem Alekei Ivrim, we use in Mitzrayim, Ivrim are talking about when Klaisol is in a matzav of Shibur. And what was being pointed out over here is that Shol B'davkat said that the Ivrim, just like in Mitzrayim, you're in a situation of Shibur, and now it's the time HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to save you from your Shibur. And that was the message that was being sent out, that you're in a matzav of Shibur, but the Zman of the Yeshua is coming. And Klaisol, to their credit, despite knowing that the Plishtim were much more powerful, the Holy Yisrael, Shomu Leymar, Hikashol, Satsiva Plishtim, that first of all, they heard that Shoal had, now, even though Shoal didn't do it, but it was assumed that it was under Shoal's auspices, it was looked at as an act of the king. And that the Kaisal became disgusting to the Plishtim. And Kaisal gathered together 
they all gather together behind Shaul and Gilgal. And why does he use the Lashon of Yitzaku? Because when people, it means gathering, but you know, usually how you gather, someone's going out and screaming out to gather everyone together. So this Lashon of Yitzaku. Now, the pastor continues and says, so what happens? All the Kaisal gathers, but then suddenly they sort of lose their, uh, their confidence. Why? Because the Pelishtim Ne'esul Hilochem Yisrael, Shloishim Elof Rechev, Vesheshes Alofim Proshim. The Pelishtim gather, and they gather with a massive, unbelievable army. What do they bring? They have 30,000 chariots, which the cha- chariots are the tanks of those days. And this is a massive army. Vesheshes Alofim Proshim, they have 6,000 cha- uh, horseback riders. The Am Kachil Asher Sasayom. And they have the foot soldiers, uh, too numerous to count. They come with this massive army in the camp in Michmash, Kidmas, Beisoven. Now, although Kaisal initially responded favorably, they came to go to do battle, but when they see this massive army, so suddenly they uh, begin to get afraid. Now, it's interesting, just one thing to point out, this massive army. Now, obviously, the Pelishtim Lechayr brought this massive army because they wanted to... Uh, they wanted to put, you know, Klaisel should think there's no hope, give up right away. You know, that was Vladimir Putin thought that he'll uh, go to war and the Ukrainians will just get so scared of, you know, the scary mighty Russia and they'll just fold overnight. So Pelishim wanted to do something similar and we'll see they're pretty much successful in scaring most of Klaisel away from the battlefield. But another Nakuda, as Katana says, that we know that not too long before Shmuel Anavi had done tremendous victories over the Pelishim with nothing. And they'd suffered from the Arim. So he says that from the fact that the Pelishtim felt the need to go against this pretty much helpless country, they had to bring this massive invasion force, it's a proof of how much they're still scared of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it shows you the, the, the pacha that they still had of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shmuel Anavi. So the Pelishtim come with this massive battle, and the Is Yisrael rogue Kitzarloi, and Klai Yisrael sees that they're in a bad state. And the reason why Kaisel felt this way is that they had already been, they had already been under the the heavy hand of the Pelishtim. and people totally lost heart. They start hiding out in caves of the Chavam, the Slum, in caves, tunnels, any place they could find to hide. Over pits. They literally ran for their lives and took cover wherever they could. They they were totally petrified. You can imagine it. You know, seeing this massive army is very scary. The Ivrim and those that crossed, so over here, when we say Ivrim over here, we mean Jews, we mean those that crossed the Yarden to escape the Pelishtim. Ovros Ayardin, Eretz God, the Gilad, Vishol Edenu Begilgal, Vachoa Om Chordu Achrov. So Shol is still in Gilgal, and those that had come to fight with him, so Chordu Achrov, they went to be together with him. They were out of fear. Those that hadn't went into hiding went to be with Shol. That was, you know, the one. Figure the safest place is to be together with the king. Hopefully he'll protect you. Now, Shaul's already in a very precarious situation. Klai Yisrael, most of them already lost their uh, courage to fight simply when they see the size of the Pelishti army. And he has a few soldiers with him, pretty terrified. But now he's put in an even worse situation because we had, going back to uh, all the way when Shaul was first anointed as king, so there's a mysterious Pasuk over there that the Pasuk over there doesn't really explain itself. The Pasuk said that Shmuel told Shoal, you're going to have to wait for me 
seven days. He didn't say where, when, until I come to Gilgal to bring the Karbonus. And that Navua was referring to this story now. He was telling him there's going to come a time, there's going to be a preparation for battle, and you have to wait for me seven days, and after the seven days I'll come and bring the carbon, and then we'll be able to do what we have to do. So Shmuel has this tzivoy, it's given Shaul at tzivoy that you have to wait seven days, which as you could imagine, he's losing whatever hope they had to fight, the people are progressively losing more and more of their nerve to fight, their will to fight, and he's just waiting for nothing. He's sitting there waiting, doing nothing, Shmuel's not there, Kalisol is beginning to doubt him. Maybe Shmuel doesn't thinks that Shaul is not worthy of leading them to victory. Maybe they weren't supposed to do it. And it's getting more and more difficult for him. And this is a tremendous nesoyin for Shaul to see, will he be able to be oimid b'dvar Hashem, keneged the pressure, keneged the retzoyin of Kalisol. So Shaul is now waiting. So v'yichoyel shivas yomim l'moyed asher Shmuel, so he waits seven days for the date that Shmuel told him. Veloy ba Shmuel. Figure on the seventh day, Shmuel will be there bright and early, bring the Karbonis. Shmuel's not there. And then already on the seventh day, whatever, whatever few soldiers he had left, they begin to abandon him as well. So things are going from bad to worse. And Shmuel has, Shmuel has every reason at this point to think that he's potter from the Tziva of Shmuel. First of all, it's tremendously dangerous. Malvin points out, if he says this four cheshbonis, why you'd think you shouldn't have to wait anymore. It's very dangerous. Every moment the Pelishim could suddenly attack, the Pelishim know they're gathered there. Second of all, he already waited seven days. So he, Shmuel didn't come at the beginning of the seventh day, so he could assume that maybe for some reason something held him up. He says, Zuckin, something happened. And... Third of all, he sees the Klai beginning to go home. You know, at a certain point, you gather everyone, having a big asifa, and then, you know, it doesn't get started, and just people leave. Everyone's leaving. He has to chaper on something. So Shoal takes action. He decides he has no choice. <coughs> bring the kabonis. We're going to have to bring the kabonis without Shmuel. And Shoal himself does it because he understands that it would have been a tremendous... Kiddush Hashem, when you have the carbon brought by the Navi, and instead it will be brought by the Melech, that's also a tremendous carbon for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and there's no Iser Bamas, where it's his mom, where you're allowed to bring a carbon outside the base of Mikdash, there's no Chiyah for a Kayin. so he brings a Karbonus, says, Gishol, I bring it to me. Now, as it were, it was just a test, and Shmuel was arriving right at the end of the time, so bad Mazel, just as he finishes bringing the Oila, Shmuel arrives. So they ate say Shmuel across the Lubarche. Shmuel goes out to greet him and say, Shalom Aleichem. Vayemer Shmuel. Shmuel now gives him very harsh Muslim. Ma'asisa, what did you do? So Shaul defends himself. Now, this, as I'll point out, is a big difference between Shmuel and Shaul. See this more than once. When Shmuel gives Shaul Musr, Shaul responds, he defends himself first. And then eventually he admits to his mistake. And here he doesn't even admit to his mistake. David HaMelech, when Nosan HaNavi comes to him, so his first word of response after Nosan HaNavi gives him Musr is Chatasi. Right away he admits to his chait, and when a person, it's appropriate for El, a person admits to his chait and says Chatasi, that's already the beginning of the Kapar. A person defends himself, it's not my fault, I had this cheshvan, that cheshvan, that's not the way to get Kapar. But I'll call upon him, Shmuel tells him, Ma'asisa, I'll tell you what I did. So everyone's leaving, me all lie. You're not here. You didn't come. You said you'd be in the seventh day. You didn't come. 
Uplishtim nesofim michmash, and the plishtim are gathered right where we are, and they can attack us any moment and wipe us out. And I said, the plishtim are about to attack. What's going to happen? And I didn't yet get a chance to misspell. And you see, again, you see the godless of Shoal shining through. The psukim are bringing out the mistakes he made. But in his mistakes, you see his godless. He says that for me, the chashivas of being able to misspell to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he had such chashivas with feel. He says, I'm not willing to have something like that happen without being misspell. So this apak means I, I, I had to stand up again. Really, I wanted to follow what you said. But I had to misgaber. I thought this was the right decision. I wanted to be mispal. I wanted to bring the oil and be mispal to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I didn't want to have to face the possibility of going to battle without the tefillah. The Malbim wants to know what's the lashon of apak. Usually, this apak is you know a person holds himself back from doing something. What do you hold himself back from doing over here? So he says that even though he says you're right, I didn't wait for you for the carbon. But first of all, you never say beferish wait for the carbon. I thought it just meant to wait for the battle. And second of all, I did and and I held myself back. You know, Claudius won't already go to battle in the morning. I didn't go to battle. All I did is bring the carbon. What's so bad about bringing the carbon? I brought a carbon. So he's defending himself. He's saying, I held myself back. I didn't go to battle. All I did is that I brought the carbon. And Shmuel is not happy with his answer. Very, very harsh Musa he gets Niskalta. You made a mistake. At the end of the day, you had a direct CV from a Novi B'dvar Hashem. It was an Asayin to see, will you be Mekayim B'dvar Hashem, Malikecha, Asher Tzivcha, Ki Atah Heichen Hashem, Es Mamlachcha, Yisrael Ad-Oilam. Had you listened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your Melucha would have been secure forever. Now what does that mean? We know, like, Yosef Shevet Yehuda, that was already promised to Shevet Yehuda. So Ad-Oilam over here could just mean, you know, for a very long time. It's also used in Tanakh as Ad-Oilam. Or it could be that there'd be some role for the family of Shaul. But now, your Malchus will not last. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to find for himself someone who's more loyal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will appoint him as the leader. Because you didn't fulfill the Dvar Hashem. It would have been a tremendous Kiddush Hashem to ignore everything, to stand strong against all the pressure. This is what HaKadosh Baruch wanted to do, to be able to stand up to the pressure of the Pelishtim, camping against them, and Kali Yisrael saying, come on, we got to go to battle, and people leaving, and all of that, to stand firm and say, this is Dvar Hashem from the Novi, I don't want to hear any Cheshbonis, nothing, I'm going to do Dvar Hashem. And had he done that, it would have been a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, and this is a time of Now, We'll continue with Hashem next week. We'll see the continuation of the story. But Adav Pella, after what happened to Shaul, I think most people will just quit and leave. You know, okay? Yet this kind of harsh nevuah, there's no one there to fight with you. Just, I'm going home. And we'll see that despite this, Shaul is most nefesh to Mulchama Shaul. This is something we see time and time again, even after he's given very, very harsh nevuahs. The final Nevoa, the day of his death, he's being told he's going to die in battle. It doesn't stop Shoal to go and fight for Klai Yisrael. The tremendous and serious nefesh he had for Klai Yisrael to fight for Klai Yisrael. And all this, also just the, the chizik of Shoal as a person who, and he made all this chizik, he knew the chizik of the Navi, Shoal was much greater than all of us. And he still felt that the opportunity to mispal Ta'akadosh Baruch Hu before a potential battle was more important than anything else. Learn from Shoal the, the tremendous chashivas of tefillah and the power of tefillah.